sir. Loose from the underground. Hello and welcome to The Underground. This is the podcast where we talk about the world and how crazy and weird and messed up it is. I'm your host, Duncan, Michael McPherson, and today on the podcast, what I want to talk about is something uh, called collaborative problem solving, which I learned a long time ago when working with kids with, especially kids with OEDs. And I want to uh, talk about it in general, this podcast, and then uh, the next podcast, I'm going to talk about applying that idea of philosophy to uh, the government and how the government should operate. So let's get into it. So collaborative problem solving is by a guy named Dr. Ross Green. Uh, there's some contentious stuff about the title. Uh, I think he changed the name because of a copyright issue, but he really just wants to get the word out on because this uh, method of working with kids is really great and very effective. Um, so he specializes in working with uh, kids who have ODD, which is Oppositional Defiant Disorder. Uh, I think that's the right... Uh, way to say it. I always forget if it's defiant or defiance disorder. Anyway, um, I should probably look it up, but I'm not going to. So um, anyway, he specializes in working with kids with ODD. So if you know anything about kids with ODD, the problem uh, that they have is that they their first response to everything is a no, basically. So like a kid in school would, uh, a teacher says, you know, put your books away. And the kid would just say no. Uh, you know, and they're really, really challenging. Like it's, it's like the most challenging, uh, I guess, type if they're if you can put kids into boxes like that. But type of uh, child that you can work with is ODD. It's it's way worse than uh, ADHD. Uh, I should say way more challenging than ADHD or any of those other you know ones, um, or anxiety, depression, like. ODD is like particularly uh, infuriating for adults. And so how do you deal with a kid like that? So that's what Dr. Ross Green came up with is this, these three steps. Um, so the three steps are, I'll just get right into it. The three steps of collaborative problem solving are empathy, uh, needs or concerns, sharing your needs or concerns. That one needs a lot of explanation, so I'll get into that. And then the last one is coming up with solutions, right? And so sounds really basic but the 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 principle behind it is uh i think about power structure and about who has the power and who doesn't so in a teacher student relationship the teacher has all of the power and the kid has zero power they they really have no power um i would say with the exception of kids with odd who realize that they do have a little bit of power they can drive the teacher crazy by saying no so these three steps help to make the kid uh, at least feel like he has power. And to some degree, you are giving him some of the power. You're, it's, it's about sharing power, really, is what I think it comes down to. And uh, I've used this a lot. I've, uh, so a little background about me. I've worked with kids my whole life. I'm a teacher. And uh, uh, before that, I worked for the church as a youth minister. And um, I, you know, I started working with kids in Sunday school with my aunt's uh, Sunday school class when I was in high school, and I've really worked with kids almost ever since then, uh, pretty much, and uh, whether it was volunteer or as a job. So um, it, I, it, I have like 
I've 15 years, maybe 20 years of working with kids um, in some capacity. So this is so effective. And so I, I met a kid with ADD or uh, ODD, sorry, uh, when I was working for the church and I wanted to learn about it. And somebody gave me this book by Ross Green. So anyway, so the three steps, let's go through empathy, then the, the sharing of the concerns or the needs, and then the solutions. So to preface, the most important thing I think uh, about this process is the starting point. And the starting point is that uh, kids are not bad on purpose. That's, that's not the right way to word it, but they're kids. There's no such thing as a bad kid. Um, kids who act out and have be behavioral issues are trying to meet needs that aren't being met. And our job as adults, whether it's as a teacher or a coach or a parent is to help that kid meet the needs that they're lacking right? We help to close the gap between these, uh, um, these needs that they have and that they feel like they're lacking in their lives. And so for kids with ODD, a lot of times what's needed with the need that's lacking or not, maybe not even needs, but skills, right? They, they, they're lacking the skills to, to get what they want, right? And so we give them the skills, we teach them the skills. And a lot of times we do that by modeling. And a lot of times, Unfortunately, we do a really terrible job of that. So uh, this process is modeling, but it's also uh, teaching kids the skills they need to deal because it's not just for teachers and kids. And that's why I want to later on apply to the government. This is in any relationship. These three steps are essential. And actually, the first step is empathy. And the first step is usually the only step you need you usually don't need to go into the other steps because empathy solves so many problems before they even become problems um so i want to focus on it quite a bit because it's so important okay so empathy um we all know what empathy is right like feeling what other people feel or like walking in their shoes all those analogies um the most important thing i think like with a kid especially, is that they want to be listened to. They want to be heard, and they don't feel like they're being heard a lot of the times. And the reason they feel like that, unfortunately, is because we're not listening. Um, that's just the, the fact of the matter, is a lot of times we don't listen to kids. They say, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they say something, and usually they don't communicate well, right? Kids tend to not communicate well. And we dismiss it because we're like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm hungry. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to eat soon. Well, when I f say that I'm hungry out loud, it's too late. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat my arm off. Like, I'm really, I'm hungry. I need a snack. If I'm saying that, like, to my wife, it's because I need to eat before it's time to eat. <laughs> or I'm going to kill somebody, you know? Like, I'm not a good person when I'm hungry. And so we often will go, oh, like, supper's in an hour. Um, and I understand why we do that, right? There's all kinds of reasons we're busy, whatever. There's, there's a ton of reasons They're, you know, they want junk food. There's okay. So there's lots of reasons, but a lot of times what they want is just to be heard that, um, and they want to be, you know, empathized with, they want you to, and, and we're, we're just so bad at listening in our society, right? We've, we, I, I just noticed this with adults with kids, but especially, but we don't listen to each other. We 
start talking or we have the answer and we just give it to them, right? And so that's where the problems start is when you're just giving people answers, right? So, um, or commands, commanding people. Um, and you can see why I'm going to apply this to the government later on because a lot of the way that they dealt with COVID was demands. And this is a problem much bigger than COVID. So I'm not going to talk about COVID in the next one, really. Or, I mean, I am going to in the next one, not in this one. But um, yeah, we don't listen. And so people really just want to be heard a lot of times. And so the reason that it's so effective to prevent the problems before they even start is because once people are heard, there's not really a problem anymore a lot of times. So, you know, like um, Johnny, little Johnny's at school and he's not doing his homework. Um, you know, just saying like, Johnny, why aren't you doing your homework? And he says, I don't want to. And you're like, okay, well, there's got to be more to that. So you dig deeper and you say like, oh, what's what's going on at home? And, you know, Johnny tells you a story about uh, all the all the craziness of his home life. And you start to realize, oh, it must be really hard to do homework. And you maybe, maybe even say that to the kid. And Johnny, you know, feels like you're listening to him. And it creates this relationship. I, I just think, like, relationships are based in empathy. And we're so bad at it. We're so bad at empathy. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about empathy. And she does a really great, there's an animated video that's fantastic about um the difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Sympathy is, oh, that looks bad down there, right? That's from the video. But, um, and empathy is actually getting down there and saying, hey, I felt this way too. Like, that, this is hard. And a lot of times we don't need to say anything when we're being empathetic. And I think that's, we have a problem with not saying anything. We feel like we need to do something or say something to fix it. And usually that does not help at all. So, I think the empathy step is the most important step because a lot of times when kids are, are heard, when they feel listened to, when they feel like their concerns are just being taken seriously, you don't have to act on them, you don't have to fix their concerns, you don't really have to do anything, but just the fact that they feel like they're being listened to and that their concerns are real and they're important, that's mostly what kids want and so once you get past that step you're you're golden so empathy is so important number two uh needs and concerns so this one's a little trickier um so remember i was talking about power dynamics so the uh, the empathy thing comes in because the power dynamic is that the teacher is in charge or the parents in charge and the kid really has no power so by by having empathy you're really like I don't know, like, I, you're not even really giving them power, but you're, like, sh having them share in your power, or you're using your power to, like, listen to them. Um, but then we get to the next step. So we have a big concern. We have a big issue going on with this kid, and, you know, we need to get to the root of it and f and s find a solution, right? Like, this is not something that empathy is going to fix. Okay. So needs and concerns. Um the, the, the important part to remember about this is both parties need to share what their needs are or what their concerns are. And it's really important that, especially like in the circumstance of like teachers or parents or coaches with kids, um, that the less powerful party, the weaker party, 
gets to share theirs first and feels listened to. So this is going, you know, you're using empathy throughout the whole process, but um, they're sharing um, their concerns, you know, like whatever their concern is, um, they're sharing it and, and you're listening, you're empathizing the whole way through, okay? So that's the first step. Then you can share your concerns as the more powerful party. So, uh, you know, like, let's take little Johnny, right? Like he's, let's say he's doing, not doing his homework and um, you're having a hard time figuring out why he's not doing his homework. That's another thing is you got to keep going with the empathy back to it to try and figure out what is really going on. What's the real issue? Because especially with kids who struggle with communication, I mean, we all do, but especially kids, um, they sometimes can't articulate what their actual need is, what their, what need they're trying to meet and what their concern is right so maybe their concern you know like maybe they come home and i don't know like they're only allowed to play video games uh the first little while 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 they're home and then they forget their homework after that right so they're allowed to play video games for a little bit and then you know they forget to do it the rest of the night because life gets busy and they have soccer practice or they have dinner and uh, family time, whatever. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Um, but you can see, like, uh, you can see there's a there's a there's a need there. There's a concern. The kid wants to play his video games, and he only has this hour after school to play. But then he forgets about his homework. So, I, like in this situation, maybe you get the parents involved and do like a three way uh, collaborative problem solving thing and come up with a solution, right? Um, but anyway. Um, so, you know, and then the, the teacher would con share their concern that, you know, this, you need to do your homework or else, you know, you're not, you're not learning this stuff. Um, or maybe the teacher's concern is, you know, like, I don't give a lot of homework in my classes. So um, maybe they have time to do it in the class and they're wasting their time in class. So maybe, you know, uh, one of the options is like, you're wasting all your time in your class. That's why you have homework. If you do your work in class, right? And so the, the, the instinct is to tell the kid that. Just say that straight out. Hey, you waste time in class, do it in class, and then you won't have this problem, right? Obvious answer for an adult, but uh, I don't think that method of getting to there works. You, you almost, this, this method is almost like Inception. I, I don't know if you've seen the movie Inception, but like planting the idea in the kid so that they kind of come up with the idea themselves. Right. So they share their concern. You know, they only have an hour to play video games. And so then by the time they're done, they forget about homework, whatever. And the teacher's concern is, I need you to do the work. If you don't do the work, you're not learning the stuff. And that's what school is all about. And, you know, you need school. School's important. Um, OK, so we have two concerns now on the table. Both parties have put their concerns on the table. So now we, we move to the, th the third step. Wow, I got a little tongue twisted. The third step is solutions. How do we come up with a solution to this problem, right? Johnny's not doing his homework. You are the teacher. You want him to do his homework for whatever. Um, whatever. This works for so many things, and it's so different for everything. But So now the key to the solution, the third step, is that you give the less powerful party, the weaker party, the power to come up with their own solution to the problem. And this sounds crazy i mean <laughs> i think as a teacher like i meet a lot of adults who would 
be like, what are we doing? We're just giving the kid the power to come up with a solution. He's just going to go, I'm not going to do the homework then. <laughs> but he has to come up with a solution that solves both parties' concerns from the previous step, right? So he has to do his homework because that's the requirement of the teacher. But um, he also needs to figure out how he's going to fit his video game time in there too, right? So in this case, like, you know, you can guide the kid, you can kind of make suggestions, but you really need to let them be the one to kind of come out with it. So give them time, give them space, maybe even take a break and walk away and don't uh, try to come up with a solution right away. Like maybe we'll think about it and you come up with a solution tomorrow and bring it to me and then we'll see if it f solves both our concerns, right? And so obviously it needs to solve both concerns. And as long as it does that, problem solved like the no matter what the solution is the teacher's problem gets solved right as long as there's only one um i think the problem with this method might be the only thing is that sometimes problems are stacked on top of each other but the good thing about this is that the solution doesn't have to be the solution right we can always say to the kid let's try this and if it doesn't work we'll go back to the drawing board and see what the problem was with it you know like I don't know why we have this like idea in our head that we need to come up with some uh, solution that's just the answer, and then and then we're done with the problem. That's not how problems work in life. So yeah, you come up with a solution and then you test it out, right? Like, and if you think it's going to meet your needs and and his needs or her needs, I guess ODD's more typical in boys, but um, I think anyway, if it's going to meet both needs then try it um and if it doesn't work go okay this isn't working this isn't working for me because whatever right and if you see the kids struggling and it's not working for the kid maybe you have to because they you know again they don't communicate well they don't recognize that it's not working um so it's really important for the kid to come up with the uh with the solution and also like you know, like, we all have issues. We all have needs that are, you know, either get met or don't. And as an adult, we can take control of our lives and we can meet those needs. As a kid, they can't do that, right? They can't just uh, fix their own problems a lot of times. A lot of times they need our help to fix problems. Okay, so that is collaborative problem solving. So empathy, uh, sharing concerns or needs and then coming up with solutions and always giving the, the less powerful part party uh, the first go at all three of those is really important. That is what collaborative problem solving is. It's great, it really is effective. Now, I'm gonna apply this in the next video to the government and how the government could operate in a better way if they implemented more of this. And And I think you can see where I'm going with this, but but as a tool for working with kids, uh, relationships, um, like my wife and I use this with each other. And usually you don't even need the other two steps. Usually empathy is enough to fit, solve the problem. Just listening and really listening. We're, we're so bad at listening. Maybe I should do a whole podcast on just listening techniques. But repeating, you know, the mirroring thing, like, like you repeat stuff back to them that they already said. Like these things are so important. Anyway. Okay. Hey, like this is like 20 minutes that's pretty good um okay so that's it for today uh we'll do part two um i don't know like next week i don't, I don't really have a plan <laughs>
Um, anyway, thank you for listening to The Underground, the podcast where we talk about the world and how crazy and weird and messed up it is. Please uh, like it, share it. Um, I'm on YouTube, um, and then it's also as a podcast. So if you like to listen, I know it's kind of long for a YouTube video, so if you like to listen to the car, you can find this on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, or the Apple podcast app or whatever you use. Um, it should be on all of those. Uh, if it's not, please let me know. Um, anyway, like it, share it, uh, uh, click the subscribe button on the YouTube page, and uh, yeah, like uh, I love feedback, so give me feedback. Uh, on, uh, comment on the videos, and uh, let me know what you think. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. Thanks, everybody. God bless.